Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, the 4th of June, and Wall Street was up 527 points. That's 2.05%. That was largely thanks to Boeing going up 13%. The Dow Jones has Boeing in it. It only has 30 stocks in it, so when one of its components goes up a lot, it does jump more than the S&P 500, which was up 1.4% and the Nasdaq up 0.8%. But our market, which was flying along yesterday, we were up 107 points yesterday, is up another 90 points today. Yesterday, we were led by the banks and today we are being led by the banks once again. Thank goodness we got up to weight in those the other day. We are living in extraordinary times. I do remember a time when Andrew Bell of Bell Securities interrupted the morning meeting in the tech boom when I was working there. And uh, it was a frenzy of tech ideas, companies with no earnings. And he just said, stop, everyone, just stop and look around. You pointing at a young dealer, did $11,000 worth of commission yesterday. A year ago, you were selling mobile phones and you, pointing at someone else, you just employed a dealer's assistant. A year ago, you were a dealer's assistant. So just stop and look around. It doesn't get to look any better than this in the stock market. And he was right. That was the top of the market. It was the tech boom top and the tech wreck was just about to start. And running the funds that we run, we are having an extraordinary time as well. The Marcus Today Growth SMA is now up 7.58% since the corona crisis started. And that's an outperformance of 23.37%. Yesterday, the investors in our two funds made 1.404 million. This morning, as I speak, they are up another 1.028 million. Our stock selection added 273,000 of value above the market average yesterday. And as I speak this morning, we've added another $233,000 worth of value above the market average as well. Some fund managers celebrate a 1% outperformance in a year, and we have managed 23.37%. The average stock market return is 5.77% per annum. The growth SMA we run is up 27.9% since 23rd of March. So we have quadrupled that average return in a period of two months. Now, don't worry, I'm not entirely stupid. I do know this all could reverse in a moment. And when it does, and when we underperform because we're in too many recovery stocks when the market's going down again, I'm not going to be telling you about how fabulously I'm doing, obviously. <laughs> but let's just mark this moment, the coronavirus paralyzed some fund managers and I just thank the Lord that we had a team here that had its head up that saw it as an opportunity and took advantage of it. Uh, it has really been a marvelous chapter for us and hopefully a marvelous chapter for you as members and for our investors in our funds as well. Meanwhile we have a saying here when you find yourself standing at the desk punching the air in delight sell it's a good saying, uh, but we're not going to sell, not until the herd does. Fearing a sell-off just because the market has gone up is one of those weak-minded, human, natural human reactions which makes humans such bad investors. And it's based on the perpetual assumption that anything that goes up will go down, this, this assumption of mean reversion. Instead, as I've written a few times, we need to be Spock, unemotional, logical, not human, and not jumping in fear at what might be, but hasn't happened yet.
To address that sort of human failing I have written today in the strategy piece, I'll leave you to read it, about how to handle the risk of a sell-off. We obviously have the risk of a sell-off. The market is flying along. NASDAQ's 1.5% you know, of its all-time high. And it could be that the herd is running so fast it's forgetting what the numbers are and some things are getting overvalued. How do you handle the risk of a sell-off? What you don't do is sell, until everyone else does. The way you handle it is through, and this is the short version, hypervigilance. We're actually doing that for you. All you need to do is read the newsletter every day. We're doing all the legwork for you. Uh, making no grand predictions. It's not about predicting the future. It's about waiting for the market to notice something and run with it and making sure that you are on top of that when it happens. Reassessing everything on a daily basis, be that asset allocation or stock selection. Selling easily, most investors have trouble with that, and being flexible. Don't get set in your opinion. If you hear someone saying, I'm a bull or a bear, then you don't want to invest with them because they have stuck a stake down in the ground, an inflexible marker, and they're only going to be right half the time, and the rest of the time they're going to get run over. So I've got a picture of Jon Snow there at the Battle of the Bastards as he's got the cavalry coming down on him. That's called inflexibility, stubbornness. You'll, you'll just get killed, although he didn't, of course. Anyway, uh, today in the newsletter, I've also listed positive market drivers and negative market drivers. And one of the negative market drivers at the moment is the Aussie dollar, which has popped up from 55 cents at its low, which arguably it shouldn't have been down there. And it's back to 70 cents. And I see the CBA economist saying it's going to be 75 cents by June next year. So I've listed in the newsletter for you the stocks that are beneficiaries of an Aussie dollar, a weaker Aussie dollar. So they are not the beneficiaries of the current rising rising Aussie dollar, which is rising on economic global economic hopes. And interestingly, the stocks that are at the top of the list are a lot of healthcare stocks, which aren't performing very well at the moment. They're just being left behind. It's about the only sector to fall in the US overnight. Uh, the Aussie dollar rise isn't helping them. But there's some, nothing fundamentally wrong. There's a buying opportunity coming up in that, but the herd isn't interested at the moment. Probably hasn't even spotted it at the moment. But uh, there will come a time when CSL is going to be uh, an obvious buy if you look at the chart compared to the rest of the market. One of those is Macquarie, which is doing absolutely fine at the moment as a stock market stock. And we have a very large holding in it. So, so don't don't uh, slavishly sell stocks just because they're on that list, but it's just a list to stick in your back pocket or up on your notice board. Otherwise, today I also go through all the sectors and how they're going. And the message is just the same, which is we're playing recovery sectors, energy, travel, real estate investment trusts, technology, banks. We're back up to weight in banks, thank goodness, with the performance in the last couple of days. Stock market stocks like Macquarie. Resources were overweight. And there are a couple of other sectors I mentioned today which are recovery sectors, but we haven't really played in. Uh, you can't you can't be in every recovery stock. But auto and housing. So I've listed the auto and housing sectors. Again, using the new Marcus Today sector definitions, I've pulled all the stocks out of the all the odds that are uh, driven by particular drivers like attitude towards the housing market or the motor industry and listed them. So have a look at those. All our tables, by the way, are done in market cap order. At the top of the motor industry list is car sales, APE, because super retail, ARB, GUD. Uh, top of the housing market is, of course, things like Commonwealth Bank, Westpac Bank, NAB, etc. But as you go down the list, a couple of stocks that have been getting some attention recently. One is REACH, R-E-H, and the other one is GWA. It's 
So uh, Henry, Henry's talked about those. So strategy summary today is everything's in place for the current rampant recovery focused market. We're playing the recovery sectors and for the moment that's paying off handsomely. Our uh, focus in the last few days has been more on tweaking, which is rotating out some of the stocks that have already recovered handsomely into stocks that have a lot more recovery potential. So we're trying to squeeze even more out of this recovery. For instance, today we switch from Nanosonics, which is a great long-term stock, into APE, tiny holdings, but sort of see more recovery potential in the motor sector than in something that's already had a great run on recovery hopes. We also have recently bought some uh, Univalve Rodamco URW. Uh, they are reopening their shopping centers in the US. And that, although they'd probably be mortally wounded in the longer term, uh, that is much like travel restrictions coming off, lifting all the travel stocks. Oh, reopening uh, shopping centers is lifting URW. So we've been buying those recently. And that's really not based on fundamentals. It's based on recovery potential and sentiment. Uh, if the market tips over, there's also less downside in the stocks that haven't already recovered strongly. So we're just trying to squeeze more out of the recovery potential. It's all going to go wrong if the market tips over, of course, and we'll have to reassess. But for the moment, that's our game. Uh, we are very exposed to the relapse risk because we are so geared to recovery stocks. Recovery sectors would get thumped if we saw lockdowns reintroduced in any country or any major country like the US or UK. Noticeably, the US case numbers uh, picked up overnight for the first time in a while. It's not really a good sign. And case numbers are rising in South Korea, China, India, Iran, South Korea, again, uh, Japan, better, better edit that. Japan, Bahrain, Egypt, Pakistan, Mexico, Chile, Peru. We're not out of this yet. So we're still plodding along the recovery track for now, but obviously at risk of it all going wrong. For the moment, it's not going wrong. It's going fabulously. We'll keep playing this recovery thing. We'll keep assessing it, reassessing it every day, and you'll hear about it here. <laughs>